We're reading from Luke chapter 2. If you picked up one of these Bibles on your way through, you'll find it on page 1071. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. That's the end of the reading. Good morning, everyone. It's good to be here Christmas Eve. I'm James Brooks, one of the ministry team here, and we get to uh, look, uh, dwell on this passage uh, that uh, Alicia read for us. Thanks, Alicia. Well, these days uh, of Facebook, uh, it seems the way of getting birth announcements out there is, is on the web. Uh, this was uh, the birth announcement of our uh, little one, Toby. He's about four months old now. Uh, hi, friends. This morning, we welcomed our new little bub into the outside world. Thanks, God. Toby Jedediah Brooks, uh, born on the 6th of the 8th. And there's a few little details there, if you can read it. 4.165 kilos. I don't know what he is in pounds. I'm sorry. All of my kids have had kilo measurements, uh, 52 centimetres long. That's exciting, isn't it? Uh, and we get to enjoy that excitement. But let's face it, in one sense, the excitement is really for the family. And, and, and we share in that excitement. It's, it's their excitement. Uh, I'm not saying it's any less exciting, but the joy that comes from seeing this new little one uh, come to life is going to be largely connected with those that they affect, those that have regular contact with him or her, uh, those that get to share in all of those moments as this little one grows. Uh, for those, in other words, who aren't just Facebook friends, but real friends uh, with them. It's a joy that they have uh, and we who know them share in it. Uh, but did you notice in that reading that we had uh, read for us by Alicia a moment ago that the baby the birth announcement for this baby was a little different? I mean, uh, we've, we've already had a few differences along the way, uh, as we've seen over the last few weeks. Uh, you know, angel announcing him before conception, that certainly didn't happen for Toby. Uh, virgin birth, that certainly didn't happen. Um, but even with those things, things still play out a little differently. Come with me and we'll have a look uh, from verse 7. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in baby cloths and placed him in the animal food box because there was no guest room for them. 
If you were with us a few Sundays ago, we talked about the significance of these words, that there was no guest room for them. Joseph's relatives and all the town, in all the town there was no guest room, well, because of the shame of this baby. They'd done what everyone thought was uh, what they shouldn't have done. And now they and their newborn were covered in shame. But let's keep going on to verse 8. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. That's the first announcement after this little baby boy was born. That's the first news that followed the birth that anyone hears. You see, even before Joseph had got, uh, he'd got his phone and, and, and given the, the grandparents a call... Uh, or, you know, taken a few quick pics with his iPhone and sent them around to the relatives, well, someone's pipped him at the post. And it's not just by posting on Facebook to all his friends. We're talking here a broadcast on the local radio. Or, well, maybe you could call it the local heavenly radio. A-N-G-E-L-F-M. Thank you, thank you. You see, if I was the father, I'd be a little bit, you know, not happy that I didn't get to announce him. But then again, if you think about it, who really is the father? Not Joseph, remember. This is God's son. We saw that, uh, you could see that a little bit earlier in Luke, where the angel announces to Mary that This one, this child, will be conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of Mary, God the Father. God himself is actually the Father. Okay then, so God gets to announce the birth, fair enough. But who does he actually make his announcement to? Who gets the exclusive news first? It's not Mary and Joseph's relatives, the kind of close family, friends and family, humanly speaking. Verse 8 It's the shepherds, the shepherds living out in the fields nearby. You know, you might have thought it's God's son, God's child born, so maybe it would go to the priests in the temple. They would hear about it first. Or maybe the teachers of the law in Jerusalem. But no. If not them, maybe the the kind of local figurehead of the Jews, Herod. But no, it wasn't him either. It wasn't those who thought themselves close to God. It wasn't the powerful or the wise. It was the shepherds out in the field. It was the regular Fred and Joe, Bob and Johnny. The word about the birth of this one goes out to the people because it's for the people. Did you see that there in verse... 10 at the end there it will be for all the people it's for the for the common people for everyone and that's because of what 
the angel actually says about who this child is because of what the angel says about who this child is. Now, usually the what uh, of a birth announcement has some of those things we saw in the Facebook post I had earlier. You know, it's, it's Toby Jedediah Brooks, his name, the size, 4.165 kilos and this long and mum and bub are doing well. That's what the family want to know. But in this announcement, we don't get any measurements or even a confirmation of his name. Instead, we're given a job description and two other titles. It would sound all a bit presumptuous if at the birth of someone's firstborn, the father announces something great that they would do in their life. You know, he, he or she is, you know, the up and coming opening batter for Australia or, 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 the, or the soon to be CEO of an ASX 200 company or, or here they are, Australia's newest and greatest chef. It would sound a bit weird, wouldn't it? But that's exactly what God does, in a sense, when he announces the birth of this child to the shepherds. Look with me at what the angel says in verse 11. Today, in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. A job description, what's he going to do? He's going to save and two other titles there as well. He is Christ and He is Lord. It sounds uh, a fair bit just for one who's probably a couple hours old, we kind of see. But God's been planning this for some time, hasn't He? Let's have a brief look at each of these titles. Firstly, Saviour. Uh, I find that we don't sort of talk about this... Uh, this word saviour very much in everyday kind of day-to-day conversation, do we? And that's probably because we often don't find ourselves facing life-threatening, dire or or kind of deadly peril, thankfully. Now, I'm not sure what your driving's like, but I'm generally pretty pretty keen to steer clear of those uh, near misses with, with oncoming semis. I try also uh, to avoid thin ledges on high mountainsides and uh, praise the Lord that we don't have too many madmen kind of ready to run off on a shooting spree here in the Hawkesbury either. In ordinary life, we don't normally tend to face situations of deadly peril, which is when you need a saviour. Now, we didn't read these verses here from Matthew uh, this morning, but I think there's something actually helpful uh, that the angel says when he spoke to Joseph in a dream about this baby. He said, you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. We don't ordinarily see ourselves facing deadly peril, but that's because we don't often or ordinarily see the reality or the consequence of our sins. There's many good things uh, that people do and and the general assumption in society is that people are basically good, kind, loving, etc. And maybe they just, we just make a few mistakes every now and again. But while there are, might be a many good things that we can do, the reality is that we're fundamentally sinful and that everything else is tainted by that. 
That's where we sit naturally. Sin puts us at odds with one another, it breaks relationships, doesn't it? Even close relationships, people that we want to love and get on with. However, kind of if we view sin merely on that human-to-human level, we still miss the biggest problem. Something that was said uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, by the, uh, the leader of the Christian University team that joined us for a few days, I think really said it clearly about sin. You see, he said, you are not your own. You actually belong to someone other than yourself. And this belonging to someone other than yourself, to, to the one who made you, can sometimes can bring that uncomfortable feeling. An uncomfortable feeling that, well, I thought I was mine or I want to be mine. And as we notice that feeling, we're beginning to approach the heart of what the Bible calls sin. It's about rejecting our Maker. It's about making ourselves the boss of our life. And that's something that's common to all the people. Sin then puts us at odds with God. And we can begin to see why sin and the reality and consequence of our sin leaves us facing deadly peril. We're living, breathing, doing as we want largely in a world made by someone else with whom we are on majorly bad terms. It all begins to make sense of why the, the angel's announcement is that a Saviour has been born to you. A Saviour has been born to those who need one. Yes, we need one. We're like the person at the beach, out in the rip, who needs to put their hand up. We're the person, the people on our own in deadly peril. A saviour has been born to you, the angel says. Yes, finally, someone who could deal with sin once and for all. We can start to see why the birth of this baby, unlike every other, is not just good news of great joy for the family, the immediate family and friends, but good news of great joy for all the people. Ultimately, everyone, everywhere. This one is the Saviour, the one who rescues us from the deadly consequences of sin. But let's look at the second title that he's given here, Christ. Uh, it's not his surname, we know, uh, but it's a word meaning anointed or chosen one. And this usually refers to the one anointed to be king. He was born in the town of David, we're told. Verse 11, David, the great king of old, the king of Israel. He was born in the line of David, the kingly line, verse 4. And he would be given his, the throne of his father, David, to rule on forever. Now, I think these days, for us, kings are a bit, you know, eh, here nor there. Thrones, well, those are the things that we see and hear about in fantasy TV series. But if you take your mind back for a moment, 
for a nation, Israel, who are occupied by a superpower, the Roman Empire, for a nation with an atrocious man titled the King of the Jews, one who'd greased the wheels with his overlords to get in power. To have a king again in the line of David, that great king of old, one who would rule with justice and righteousness, who would care for the poor and needy, who would gather God's people to safety, who ultimately would rule over all the world. Yes, the birth of this one called Christ really was good news of great joy, not just for Mary and Joseph and the family, there's an heir again, but for all the people. And if those two titles that the angel spoke are are pretty good, Saviour, Christ, the third one is off the charts. Saviour, Christ, and now Lord. Kurios is the the Greek there. To be clear, Lord here is not just a title of honour or or, or deference that you might give to someone greater, as sometimes we see in other parts of the Gospels. But what is meant here is we're talking about God. We're talking about the Master of the universe, the Lord of Lords, Yahweh, the word that the Jews would say when they were reading their Bibles out loud and they got to the word which was God's name and they would say, Lord... That's who the angel says this baby is. How could this little baby be Lord? Well, it's just, it's just the geniusness of God's plan, isn't it? That this one called Jesus we saw, Jesus means God saves, would actually be God become man, come to save. That this one called Emmanuel, God with us, would actually be God dwelling amongst us in His flesh. That this one, who was in the line of David, the King of Israel, the kings of Israel were given the title Son of God from the the promise that God made to David in 2 Samuel 7, this one who had the title, if you like, Son of God, would actually truly be God the Son. It's a genius plan, isn't it? It's awesome. What the angel says to the shepherds, it feels a bit out there, but it's what God's been heading towards for a long time. This isn't just any ordinary baby. He's Saviour. Saving people from sins. He is Christ, God's chosen King, who's going to rule rightly and fairly, but He's also God, God Himself, come to earth. God become flesh. And He's come able to do what He's come to do, able to save. He can fully save because He's fully God, but He can save us because He's God become man, human. He'll rule perfectly and justly because He's God and He will rule as God intended Him to rule. 
the perfect human over all creation. So this Christmas, as we come to Christmas Eve and Christmas Day tomorrow, I want to invite you or remind you about the great joy that we can have at this news. It was, it was good news for all people, the angel said. But it didn't turn out to be joy for all people, for all of those who met him. There were those who were opposed to him, those who rejected him, those who conspired to get rid of him. Even also seemingly more innocent, there were those who simply ignored him and got on with their daily lives. I'm sure that they didn't end up rejoicing at the time about the birth of this one. I want to invite you to remember, remember that the birth of this child is good news, news of the kind that makes our hearts sing, news of the kind that says, yes, we have a saviour, a saviour from the deadly peril we, we face. We have a king who's going to rule rightly and justly, and we have God indeed with us. May he be the one that we delight in together this Christmas. Amen.